Movie star Chris Pratt made a shocking revelation this week in saying that he does not identify as being religious. I covered before how when Chris Pratt got publicly dragged for some of his faith views that most of his friends in Hollywood actually came to his defense. But in a new men's health article, it seems that he may be distancing himself from the faith that many of his colleagues in Hollywood felt that he had the right to have. So is this Chris Pratt pulling the typical, I have a relationship with Jesus and I'm not a religious person card? Or is this him backing away from Christian orthodoxy and what it means to be a follower of Jesus? So in this video, I'll be reacting to some of the quotes from this article, why Chris Pratt keeps getting dragged online, and a big takeaway that I think applies to every follower of Jesus today. Bruce Lawn. Though he is a flawed individual in the sense that he's been divorced before and he uh, has been in some movies that you could say are questionable, playing some questionable characters he has consistently uh for as far as back as i can remember professed faith in jesus and then there's some of that stuff's been taken out of context i'm gonna jump around from the men's health article the forbes reaction to the article give us i think how this actually applies to more of us than we can imagine so here is the forbes article which i think this is like the reaction to chris pratt just wants you to like him which is hilarious like they're, they're kind of trolling but it says pratt's attempt to push back against the perception of him as a god-fearing man in a maga hat comes in the wake of the fall of roe v wade and increased public antagonism towards the vile bigotry ingrained in organized religion holy smokes Aren't you just showing your hand here, Forbes? Hence, Pratt's speech uh, spent much of the interview talking about the flaws of religion, the hateful oppression that accompanies the faith, and attempting to distance himself from it. I'm going to read you guys those quotes here in just a second. Uh, but this, what I thought was a hilarious take, <laughs> it turns out that the week that Roe v. Wade was overturned, I realized I needed to clarify I never held the evangelical views that I continually espoused for years. So this person is my him and being sarcastic. Now, here's what he actually said about faith. He says, maybe it was hubris for me to stand up on the stage and say the things that I said. I'm not sure I touched anybody, he offers, and he gets why people were put off. Religion has been oppressive as F, so now he's dropping F-bombs, uh, for a long time, he says, as he walks over a tiny bridge, the words spilling out in an emotional tidal wave. I didn't know that I would kind of become the face of religion. Really, Chris Pratt, my brother, you think you became the face of religion, my man? <laughs> when really, I'm not a religious person. Uh, I think there's a distinction between being religious, adhering to the customs created by man, oftentimes appropriating the awe reserved for who I believe is a very real God, and using it to control people, to take money from people, to abuse children, to steal and to justify hatred, whatever it is, the evil that's in the heart of every single man has glommed on the back of religion and come along for the ride. Now, notice what he lumps in with, quote-unquote, religion. Now, religion can be defined in many ways. If we're looking at a scriptural definition of religion, I know you're like, oh my gosh, Christians going to the scriptures for religion. James, the brother of Jesus, says the true religion is to care for the widow, care for the orphan. That our religion, that our worship of God should reflect us caring for people and meeting some of their physical needs. This is all throughout the New Testament, right? And I could give you verse after verse. Um, but I think this idea where he says, is oppressive as F for a long time, right? And then he says, he says, he goes on to say, customs created, attempting to reserve the awe, and he says, 
uh, to abuse children, to take money from people, to steal land, to justify hatred. Now, I don't know of any person of faith that's like, yeah, uh, controlling people, abusing children, <laughs> stealing land, justifying hatred. That's Oh, that's a win. Like, who, what are we talking about? Who's, who's like on this energy? Like, who's excited about religion in this context, right? This is manipulation. This is abuse. And it doesn't just extend to religion. This is academia can be this way. This, this is, uh, you know, dictatorships across North Korea or in parts of China can be this way. This isn't just reserved for like religious people. Now, Pratt made it clear he wanted to make know that he wasn't affiliated with Hillsong. He says, might not be associated with Hillsong, but he does attend Zoe Church along with Justin Bieber, Haley Baldwin, and Selena Gomez. In another interview, Pratt casually mentioned that he plays golf with Chad Veach, pastor of Vu Church. Veach previously told the New Yorker Times that he modeled Zoe Church after Hillsong and was criticized for his involvement in the 2017 film The Heart of a Man, a docudrama on sexual brokenness which aligns with uh, same-sex attraction, with porn addiction, and infidelity. So now we're doing this, like, guilty by association fallacy. It doesn't matter what Chris Pratt may or may not believe about these things. And Chad Veach, who's the pastor of Zoe Church, far from perfect. I've met Chad before. Nice guy, funny guy, reasonable guy, right? I don't know all of his theology, not an endorsement. But it's interesting that they con conflated Zoe Church in the critique against Chris Pratt was that Chris Pratt was going to Hillsong and Hillsong is bad because, well, Hillsong's problematic. Let's be honest. There's some problematic things about Hillsong, right? The response of this, and this is this is kind of where I, I want to go to this. It says, Pratt's involvement with Zoe Church may have led to an Umbrella Academy star, Elliot Page, calling him out on Twitter. Uh, Page claimed Pratt belonged to a church that is infamously anti-LGBTQ. Pratt's painfully earnest proclamation about God and Jesus combined with his obnoxious on-screen persona inspires Marvel fans to imagine him being uncomfortable. Like, what? what? But they also came with the receipts in this article about uh, you know him being an online meme and his Instagram page showing him, you know, uh, dropping inspirational Bible verses, telling of where he seemingly is with his faith. However, they're combining his faith with the folks that he goes with. And then there's this article to, to do a couple of things. One, it, it goes on to poke fun at the fact that he's this kind of like online meme and people don't like him and we don't really know why they don't like him. So then like guilty by association, he goes to a church that is sort of affiliated with Hillsong and this church holds a potential stance about LGBTQ and that's bad. And so he's a bigot and, and they're anti-LGBTQ, therefore he's bad. But what they also go on to say, and he talks about in this article, how he was sobbing, crying because he put up an Instagram post. He put up an Instagram post celebrating the birth of his new baby and saying, you know, my wife uh, brought us a healthy baby, right? And people took that quote and said, oh, is it because your first wife had a, a complications in her pregnancy that, that you're, is that a dig at your first wife because she had some complications and now you're throwing her under the bus because you're celebrating a healthy pregnancy. And he said he literally, this literally broke him to the point where he was sobbing and crying because 
His kid is nine years old now, the first kid that had complications, right? And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cry. It's hitting him like that because people are taking stuff, misconstruing it based on the affiliations and based on the reputation that he has and how delusional people are with saying he's just celebrating the birth of his baby, uh, but they're conflating it to mean something totally different than what he said. Thinking about this in, in light of this past weekend, um, one of the things I do, and I'm not saying I'm Chris Pratt or I'm Chris Pratt's level, but I, I, I like to be somewhat of a bridge builder, right? I, in terms of the Roe v. Wade, I've been very outspoken, and, and in that, that's caught me some flack, and that's okay. I'm okay for the flack, and I got some Bible verses about catching the flack, so just, just bear with me. We're going to get there, and I think it's interesting that when you engage with people one-on-one, because you genuinely want to understand what people are saying. And this helps me, one, to think about what you guys are thinking about, how you guys are per- perceiving things. And then two, to also think through the content and, and what keep my pulse on stuff. So I engage with people. I think it's a good thing to listen to people. And I'll check my DMs on Instagram. And I had this in- encounter with someone that I, you know, I'm just having a back and forth. We're talking about this entire issue. And there's a plethora of things we cover. But there was one point in the conversation, and this was a young lady. And I, uh, I, was, I responded to her by saying, sis. Now, you guys know that like if someone calls into a Zoom call, sis, that's like a term of adoration. It's like, you're my sis, like you're sis, right, right? And, and, and in me just calling her sis, she took that and spun it into this entire uh, patriarchy, you show no empathy, you don't understand how you're coming off. And I said, okay. We're talking about these issues over here. I called you sis, and you took it and ran with it and turned it into something that has nothing to do with lack of empathy, patriarchy, or any of these nonsensical things, right? So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm having this conversation. I'm like, yo, I'm having conversations with people that no matter what I say, no matter how I'll phrase these things, no matter what I'll do, they'll still take it and turn it into something that it's not. I'm like, hey, listen, I know some women are upset because of how this will impact miscarriages and uh, what is it, ecoptic pregnancies, right? And I'm not, I'm not minimizing that's a real thing. And because these things will impact people and potentially be impacting people in a neighborhood because language is vague, there's a law in Ohio that says that if they have a, a, a captive pregnancy, they have to attempt to relatch it on. This is from 2019 and you can't relatch it on. I said, listen, send me any documented cases and laws. And I have no problem with saying if this Roe v. Wade overturning is going to impact miscarriages, women who have miscarriages negatively, I will use my platform to speak out against these situations. I will bring awareness and we can rally and say, this is bad. If this is affecting women in a negative way, we can leverage technology and say, bad, fix it. This shouldn't impact people that have gone through a traumatic miscarriage. I'll leverage my platform. I said, can you, (laughs) how about you join me halfway and say, hey, uh, abortion is birth control and as an elective procedure is evil. Can we, can, can you, no, no, no. But when I say, okay, but can we as a collective culture and society say that this is bad? And so this is what's happening to Chris Pratt. No matter what he does, no matter what hoop he jumps through, he's going to continue becoming a bigger and bigger meme. He's going to continue becoming a a pinata to people who hold a different ideology, not because they're actually listening to him, but because they have a preconceived notion and then they're projecting what they think he means and what he says instead of actually hearing his argument now. And it made me think of a couple Bible verses. Specifically, there's a passage in Acts chapter 5. 
And I don't know where Chris Pratt is with his relationship uh, with Jesus. I don't know where any of this stuff he is on his day-to-day. All I know is he attends Zoe Church. He's professed to be a Christian. This is part in Acts chapter 5 where the apostles are preaching and they're getting flack for it because they're preaching publicly and they're not allowed to preach. Verse 27, Acts chapter 5, verse 27 says, The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you've killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior that he might uh, bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. So Peter is saying, you told us to do this and, and listen. You know, we have to respect the laws of the land, but there are times where we must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than keep the status quo. We must obey God rather than appease culture. We must obey God rather than extend empathy to every single issue under the sun because people demand of it. There are times where we must obey God and no matter how we frame this, no matter how we position this, no matter how nice we could possibly be, some people are still going to take it, misconstrue it, misrepresent it, and shame you just because you're a Christian. And in that, we have to be willing, as followers of Jesus, to take the L and not start contorting and twisting and saying, well, I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never really a religious person. I mean, I just, I like the idea of God. And I, I go to church sometimes, but I'm not really, right? Like all of the, and I get, I don't know his heart behind this. This is text only, men's health. I don't know what the, the particulars of the tone and what he did say and what he didn't say and what he will say after this. Many of us got to be okay with saying, you know what? We're going to take some L's. Not because we're gleeful and we're arrogant and we're mean and we're jerks for Jesus, but because there are certain things where, hey, I believe this is the standard for marriage, right? And it's interesting when it comes to the LGBTQ conversation, because if you look at what the scriptures teach, standards of the scriptures are substantially higher than any other standards in society or, or social norms or conservative circles or wherever. The standard for the scriptures is that one man, one woman. That's the standard in a covenantal marriage. One man, one woman in a covenantal marriage. What that means is anything outside of that, anything, hookup culture, a friends with benefits, the guy who says she, God told me it's okay and we're married in our heart. I'm, I know you guys have heard some of that in church before. No matter what it is, anything outside the confines of a one man, one woman marriage is out. It's out according to what we believe is the biblical sex ethic, Christian sex ethic around marriage and, and that whole thing. But you would never see this person is grossly anti-fornication. This person is grossly anti, right? Like you wouldn't say that we, because but we are, but we are men. Don't be out here sleeping around. Women don't be out here sleeping around. I'm anti-fornication, but I think it's not about being anti-anything. It's to say, hey, man, this is reserved for this specific area for flourishing in a covenantal marriage, and that's the way God intended it. Amen. Let's go. We are going to press into that. We would never take that and frame that as the church's anti-fornication. I don't know of any church that's intentionally trying to bring harm to LGBTQ people. 
right? I don't know of any church that's intentionally trying to harm women. I don't know of any pro-life advocate that's like, yeah, women with miscarriages, it'll be good for them to suffer. I don't know how we're grasping these things and where we're pulling these from and the way we're transitioning them, but this is where I'm at. And you guys could, you could do what you want. I'm at a place, I don't care to appease and and appeal and and walk on eggshells with people that are going to think the worst about me and ascribe ill intent to my motives without ever asking me what I mean. I'm in a spot where if you're going to not have a good faith conversation with me, meaning that if you're not going to to extend me the common courtesy of believing the best about me in the same way that I don't believe that everybody that leans pro-choice is out here trying to you know, babies, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think that's your paradigm. I think you just, you're a bit misinformed, right? I'm just not in a spot where I'm going to appease and appeal and walk on eggshells and, and be afraid to say things that I think are rather obvious. I think empathy is extremely important. I think being able to connect with people is extremely important. I think empathy being weaponized where people can't speak truth and empathy being, and truth having to submit to the idea of empathy that you can't speak on something because you've never been through it. It it, it, it becomes a way to tone police and control narratives instead of just saying, yo, what's what's optimal for human flourishing? So I think this whole Chris Pratt thing, I think it's a mirror to where a lot of us who run in circles and have non-Christian friends and family and do media and do music, do entertainment, a lot of us are feeling this tension. And I'm just, just for me, as, as where I'm at right now, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Thank God I got a therapist. I'm looking forward to my session tomorrow. But as for where I'm at, after having so many things this week taken and misconstrued and twisted as someone that wasn't gleeful, as someone that wasn't celebratory, as someone that was on the pulse of what was happening after the George Floyd situation and saying, no, that's wrong. Racism is wrong. I was there on that and I was called a Marxist, liberal, crazy person. And now all of a sudden I say, hey, I don't think women should have a constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy at will. And now I'm a misogynist woman hater. This is the time that we live in. So I don't have an affiliation to a political party. I have an affiliation to what justice is. And if we're going to say justice is to protect people, marginalized people, what group is more marginalized than babies in the womb who are unprotected? We got to have just scales. There's a, there's a lot of conservatives that were okay with, with, with some of the buffoonery happening with law enforcement, but all of a sudden, you turned up when you started seeing stuff in the public school system. I pointed that out. We got to have just scales. We got to be okay with speaking out on things, but let's not conflate and contort what the truth is in the name of, I can't speak truth because someone somewhere might say, Ruslan, you're a man. You don't have the right to speak on this issue. I understand their circumstances that are complicated. I understand that, hey, DNCs and ecotopic pregnancies and all these different things are variables. Show me those situations and I will stand and I will and I will call the 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 foolishness of those laws that put women with miscarriages at risk. I will stand and I will call that stuff out. But will you pro-choice like Christian, hey, killing babies in the womb is wrong. That is not okay. It is not helpful to our society. Yes, there's the very small percentage of times where this might happen, right? That's where I'm at with this whole thing. And I'm praying for Chris Pratt. And I hope this isn't him regressing. But I pray that he would become more bold, even if it would cost him more more opportunities. But let's be honest. After Tom Cruise and... (laughs) Johnny Depp, this isn't going to cost him any opportunities, right? After Dave Chappelle and Netflix, 
if you deliver and you're great at what you do, you can make yourself uncancelable. So those are my thoughts on this situation. If you guys want to hear my original video about how Hollywood came to the defense of Chris Pratt, talking about people who aren't Christians saying, hey, he has every right to believe whatever he believes, whatever he wants to believe about God, faith, politics, he has that right. Check out this video over here. I'll see you over there, all right? Peace.